Welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your co-host, Jay Chima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire, the Puma, and unfortunately, our senior contributor, Eric Burgess, a.k.a. The Burge, is not here with us today. He has COVID, and we are wishing him well. Uh, from all accounts, he is doing well. He's a little achy, um, but he's still, uh, he's doing well. So we hope him a speedy and, uh, you know, quick recovery. Oh, he's fine. He's still busting our balls in the group chat. He's going to be just fine. He's gonna... <laughs> <laughs> he still has the strength to give us shit, he still, right? <laughs> he still has the strength to give us shit and to send the haterade gifts and <laughs> and push my buttons. Yes, yes. Burge is, Burge is going to be just goddamn fine. He'll be on the next episode, and I mean that as a term of endearment. So, yes, Burge, yes, we miss you, sir. Wait. We hope you're doing well, and uh, I'm pretty sure I'm sure you'll be back. Uh, on the air giving us all kinds of shit but uh, let's move forward towards podcast 81 we're gonna talk some jj watt news as most of you know he got released we'll talk about where he ends up we'll talk about some carson wentz news Uh, it seems like carson wentz was on the move last week but he's still a philadelphia eagle at the moment we'll talk about why and then finally we'll round it out with some brady news because you know at this point in time my friend Brandon the Puma Silva is now a Tom Brady fan. It took him right, 21 let's, years. Let's not get carried it took him away. 21 years. Let's not get carried away. And seven Super Bowls nope. later, but nope. finally Brandon has become one with me on the Tom Brady situation. Let's let's, let's not get carried away. All right, just because I, I took Tampa Bay to go against the public in the Super Bowl, and I can see, I can see your parts of the argument. And just the fact that we're going to get into it towards the end of, you know, people just being upset for being upset sake. Yeah, it's it's a bit stupid how people are reacting to a, a few things on the, uh, the the little interwebs of, uh, of what Tom Brady did with the trophy. But, yeah, let's well, not this, get carried away, Jay. Does this mean that now you're going to finally get a Tom Brady Tampa Bay Buccaneers jersey as well? No, we're okay. good. All right. We're all, all set. Right. So, so that's only reserved for Josh Allen, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, only, only, only Josh Allen. Allen, Allen's my boy. Whatever. You know what, Puma? I was thinking about this the other day. I think next year I'm gonna buy a Justin Herbert jersey. I, I don't see why not. Like he, he is clearly your boy. He's like, my boy. You know, I love him. You love his game as much as I love Josh Allen's mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no, there's no shame in that. And yeah. clearly, if we, if we redid the draft last year. I you could make a very strong case that he should be the first overall pick over Joe Burrow. Like of course, if, if you just looked at course. what he did this year compared to what Joe Burrow did in a I guess a truncated season because of the ACL injury, but like injury aside, he's been playing the better football out of the entire quarterback class of last season. Well, a lot of people don't really understand how well Justin Herbert played last year just because hey, he's in LA, he's usually not in primetime windows, he's usually in the later games. Um, on top of that, the Chargers weren't the best last year, so he had one big game, I guess, against the uh, the Saints on Monday Night Football. But, you know, to put in perspective, if Trevor Lawrence comes out and has a year that, that Justin Herbert had last year, Trevor Lawrence would be a massive success. So, I mean, we're I think the sky is the limit for Justin Herbert. I'm super excited, and I, and I will probably end up copying one of his jerseys. I think I'm going to go with that navy blue alternative they have. Oh, no powder blue. The no, navy, no powder blue. The, the navy blue, blue okay. guy is pretty nice, man. Okay. Yeah. All right. But no, I mean, in all seriousness, though, like um, Herbert, like you, he only had, like you said, like he only had, I think, like three primetime games. He had the four mm-hmm. o'clock game against the Chiefs and that spot start, the mm-hmm. Saints game, and then that fiasco against the Raiders. But like 
All that aside, he was not on prime time. And he, oh, I love me some Anthony Lynn. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Anthony Lynn's a great guy, but he overcame inept coaching. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, mm-hmm. if there was like competent coaching, I guess you could say, the, the Chargers would have been a playoff team. Yeah. Hands down. Agree on that. Um, okay, well, uh, let's move on. What, do you want to talk about anything else before we get into the, uh, the JJ Watt news? So what was uh, what, what what did you do the last couple of days between the schedule of sleeping and waking up? Did you have any uh, any deep deep dives with your thoughts? <laughs> I know I know you're getting into the the um, you know the the, the ninety day fiance yeah, uh, yeah, series. Am, you you picked out your girl. I mean we gotta figure we gotta fill our Sundays now. Now that we don't have football, like what 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 is Jay Chima doing? Well, I've. Uh... So, you know, I've been working out, um, and let me run something by you. I almost did something today that I did actually a few months ago, and it almost got me in a lot of trouble, but a few months ago, I, uh, I, I took this new pre-workout, right? Um, I, I think it's the one that you recommended. It was the, the ghost version of something, whatever yeah. it was called. So it's ghost something, but, you know, it, it's a great pre-workout, and I take it, and I'm feeling good. I'm in the gym. You know, I'm pumping iron. You know, it's just one of those pumps where you know everything just feels right. You have a good night's rest. You have a good night's rest. You have a lot of fluids in you. You're hydrated properly. I remember I had steak the night before, so I just didn't feel depleted. And, and you know, you always know a pre-workout is good when you're so lost in your workout, you're so focused that you don't know where you're walking around. And I I decided to go to the locker room, right? And I needed to go to my locker room. I think uh, get um, get something out of my bag or whatever it was. Uh, this is the middle of my workout, but I'm so in tune with just like the uh, the concentration that I accidentally walk into the women's locker room. Right? Oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> and this was this was like three months ago. I almost did this a couple of days ago again as well. Like there's something about that pre-workout, man, where like you just get so in the zone. And like you just kind of free. it's like that crackhead, you know, uh, workout. Yep. You're just like you're like you're, you're scratching your head. You're just like not really in it. You all you see is the weights. Yep. Um, and I almost ended up walking into <laughs> into the now you know how Gronkowski again. feels. Gronkowski's <laughs> like this every day. He doesn't know what he's doing half the time except yeah, but, you know but, modeling on a boat. But for him, it's CTE. For me, it's uh, <laughs> it's yeah, just the pre workout is too strong. You know? <laughs> <Pre-workout>. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe pre-workout leads to CT. Well, I'm glad you know you survived the first time. There wasn't a lawsuit. There wasn't any harassment issues with the gym. You survived it this time. Well, the first Maybe. time around, so so it's really weird. But like, if you've been to a big gym like a Planet Fitness or a corporate gym, most of everything looks alike, from what yeah. I understand. Um, and the women's locker room looked exactly like the men's locker room, but on the opposite side. If that makes sense, right? So I walk yep. in and everything is off, right? <laughs> I go to the locker that I put my clothes in and I open it up and there's nothing there, right? And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Because like you can't, you can't fathom it. You can't realize what's going on because like everything is just off by a little bit. And for a second, I thought I had lost track of time or something. And I just had came to like a few years later. I was in some sort of alternate dimension. I was that confused. And that was the only wow. time in my whole life that I was so genuinely confused. I don't know how to, act, how to react. 
Jesus, sounds like an Inception. You have to spin a top <laughs> to make sure you were in this, you know, current reality. <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right, I gotta get back on the pre-workout because um, I need right? that back in my life. Dude, get that Stacked. ghost, man. Get that ghost. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. You'll go into a different dimension. That's love that it. Should, that should be their tagline. <laughs> yes, we we gotta hit them up in the DMs. Slide yeah. in the DMs to give them the marketing. How about you, man? How you been filling your time without football? How's things uh, getting uh, on in the Puma household? Are you getting reacquainted with Tara and the family once football has been uh, has uh, come to a an little end? bit, a, a little bit, you know, and like you know, my mother-in-law and the little dog moved into the house, so it's like big a big fan of know, Dutchie. I'm a big fan yep. of Dutchie. Dutchie, Duchess, Dusty, Chestnut, Chestnut Chester. You know, insert the name here, but. <laughs> No, uh, getting reacquainted with the family. I, I feel like I said it last week, Robin Williams and Jumanji. What year is it? Uh, mm-hmm. Minus the full beard. But no, just doing that. Um, watching, catching up on 90 Day Fiance, mm-hmm. which we you know we might as well just do like a spinoff podcast just to talk about that nonsense. So what was, what was your biggest takeaway from the latest one? And for me, it was essentially... Everybody's getting knocked up. Well, well, first of all, like everybody hates each other. Like, yep. I, like if this is what married life is, I don't want none of it. You know <laughs> like, like I've been watching this show for about four weeks now, Puma, because well, five weeks now because you and Tara essentially brainwashed me into watching it. And so far, I realized nobody is happy on this show, right? Nobody is happy on this show. And essentially, the other thing that I picked up on was. There's this like this routine to the show where essentially you know one one part of the one, one person out of the relationship is pissed off. They go and talk to somebody about that problem they're having in the relationship, whether it's their friends or family. That friends or family, instead of calling them out on their shit, just feeds them with affirmation, saying, "Yeah, he's a piece of shit or she's a piece of shit. You should dig in." And then that person goes back to the relationship and makes the <laughs> makes the fight even worse. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just the worst kind of relationship possible. And it's like, you know, you can tell sometimes that it's almost like it's a work, like it's there it's scripted, like we're going to create this issue, we're going to have this kind of reaction. But um no, th- this is just the tip of the iceberg, Jay. Like th- this season really can't hold a candle to like the last two seasons really? of 90 Day Fiance. Like yeah, find it like I think they have a couple of the seasons on demand. Definitely catch up. It's it's a, it's an interesting time. Like, well, who's that oh. chick in Woodstock, Georgia? Because I think I think that this past episode they had a little get together with I believe Zaid, right? Is that oh Zaid? Yeah. Yes, I Zied. love you, baby. I love you, baby, so much. And what's his uh, what's his girl's name? Uh, Rebecca. So they went out to dinner with their family, and like this, like young hot girl was asking if she could help Zaid move. And, like, Rebecca gets all pissed off. And that just felt like it was a little bit of a work, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. That was definitely a work. <laughs> like, that was definitely a work. She's just, like, being friendly. At, yeah. Like, But I guarantee you the producers are like, okay, like, we want you to be friendly. And, Rebecca, we want you to lose your shit. Like, we need to keep the, the audience captivated. And why not do it at a dinner table at an Applebee's or whatever the hell it was that they were sitting at? Yeah. But, no, th- those two are interesting people. The season before – um, when Zied found out that like Rebecca was legally still married, that was must see TV Ooh. because she was out in Tunisia at the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in his culture, like, you know, divorce is highly frowned upon. Oh, yeah. So like, Trust me, I know. To, <laughs> so like not only that, but like to find out that like the person that you're dating is technically legally still married mm-hmm. to their, their future ex-husband. 
he lost it. Like I thought he was gonna bury her out in like the Tunisian desert. I was like, I hope, <laughs> I hope there's security around here. Like yeah. he's going out there with like a leather jacket and like 85 degree heat in 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 the desert on an ATV. Somebody's gonna die. Somebody's gonna die. Well, I really enjoy. You know, I'm a big fan of Yara, right? Kill me. <laughs> Every single time it cracks me. Up. For those of you that don't know, Yara is from the you're her biographer, the Ukraine, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and she's uh, engaged to this guy Jovi, who is basically an alcoholic, but he just won't admit it. Uh, he lives in New Orleans, and she does not like the city. She can't stand New Orleans. She says, and I quote, "It smells like piss every day." Well, I she's can't not stand lying. The apartment. And you know what? From from accounts that you know people have told me, she is not wrong about what Bourbon Street smells like. It does smell like an open outhouse at times. So she's not that wrong, but it's how she goes about it. And every time that they have an argument, she's like, "Jovi, you're so stupid, Jovi." That's fun. Everybody out there, check it out. If you uh, if you have TLC, it's on demand. It's ninety days, I believe. It's before the ninety days. Definitely, definitely check it out. Tell me if my Jovi uh, Yara impersonation is spot on or not. Well, last thing before we move on, because I promise people will talk football. This is why you're here. But uh, that couple. Uh, so, so for me, the most fascinating storyline in the whole show was because of Yara, because I thought she was super hot, right? But whatever. But I, I, I'm starting to get really intrigued with the storyline that's happening out there in Sequim, Washington, between the oh, Squim. Squim, Squim, right? Squim. And who are those people? I don't know these people just yet because I'm still new to the show. The the two that are based out there. Uh, the hillbilly and the the four the Russian chick, right? Yep. So another Ukrainian woman. Um, God, I'm forgetting her name. Um, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Yep. She's blonde. She has really curly hair. Mm-hmm. And then the the guy that lives out in Swim, Washington, just outside of Seattle, his name is Mike, and uh, I call him Big Mike. And they clearly <laughs> cannot stand each other. Mike this goes and Natalie. Back to, Mike and Natalie. This goes back to last year or last season, rather, when like she threw the engagement ring back at him, and mm-hmm. she found out he didn't believe in God, and I quote, believed in aliens and an asteroid that went by the planet. That's a whole different fucking story. But, no, they definitely can't stand each other. That's definitely a story to keep your eye on. Well, I like the fact that they went to, like, a therapist, and I don't know if a therapist was part of the work. You know what I'm saying? Oh, but, oh God, yes. But, no, God. but even if it was part of the work, they were actually talking about some real shit. Because mm-hmm. he, he comes on, and he's like, listen, I don't love you anymore. And she's like, oh, I kind of don't love you either. And at that point, like, everybody knows the only reason it's they're together. The only, yeah, first of all, it's a wrap. What are we doing? It's, it's, and the second reason is because Natalie, the only reason she's with him is because she wants to get entry into the United States. I mean, that's what she yep. wants, right? Yeah. And, and, and the fundamental issue with the show is nobody calls out that bullshit because we all know why this is happening, right? <laughs> like, nobody's trying to find love. We all know why this is happening. No, is no, because... no, Jay. Jovi really loves Yara, and Yara <laughs> really loves Jovi. They're just working through some shit. What do you mean she only wants to be there for a green card and he wants the nice, you know, the chick on the side? Like, come on now. No, they really love each other. Listen, what are you talking Jovi, about? Jovi's only, only holding the spot for me while I, you know, while I get ready. Keep I'll get ready to make my move. Warm. Okay, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to insert my 90th fiance uh, bio right now to try to get in the show. <laughs> yes, yes, that'd be great. I'm like, I, the only way I'm gonna come on the show is if I can date Yara. That's it. <laughs> I better have a part. I better have a part. Of you course, know, you'll, I'll you'll be, be your the right guy. Man. You'll be the guy that walks around and says what I want to say, but in Yara's accent, back to Yara. You know, <laughs> Yara. <laughs> 
God. I'm like, Brandon, please tell her I'm not going there tonight. And then you'll jump in and be like, he's not going tonight. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they'd love that. Jesus. Must see TV. Right, let's talk some football, huh? I guess so. I mean, I, I guarantee you, if Freddie probably shot himself by now, hearing my uh, Yara impersonation. But uh, well, don't worry, Freddie. If, 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 I, if I hit that Utah Jazz bet you told me about, I, I, you got some dinero coming your way. What's the Utah Jazz bet? So, since Freddie is the Nostradamus of the podcast now, mm-hmm. he uh, he messaged me the other night being like, Well, hey, can we I'm- back up and explain why he's a Nostradamus? Because he's the only one out of all of us that predicted a Buccaneers win by 14 points or more. We all, yep. I laughed at him when he said that to me. I was like, I mean, I'm the biggest Tom Brady fan out there, but you were just on some nut juice. But he was right. Yep, he, he was right. He hit it. And uh, the other the other night he was like, Brandon, I had a I had a dream that the Utah Jazz won the NBA championship. Go put some money down on the Jazz to win the title. <laughs> and uh, I got I'm like you know what? I'm not gonna question this shit. Like they got the kid's been hitting it. And he's been on the Buccaneers all year. And then he called the Super Bowl. I'm like fuck it. I look at the odds. The Jazz I got him at plus sixteen hundred. So like a ten dollar bet would be like a hundred and seventy five dollars. Okay. Yeah. Put, put put a little bit down on there, and then he texted. He's texted me a picture of like uh, I forget like the name of the book, but it's like some uh, like dreams becoming like reality kind of deal, like a psycho <laughs> psychology book. And I was like, hey, I mean, should I go put like my life savings down on the jazz? Like, I don't know what I should do, Freddie. I might have to make another trip out to New Jersey just to do that. Hey man, listen. If you want to make one out with me, we'll uh, I'll go out there with you one last time. Let's do it. The but- last ride. But I did you see a thing I sent you on uh, Twitter where essentially a better in Vegas put down ten thousand dollars for the Washington Wizard to win the NBA title, and it's a long shot, obviously. But if the Washington Wizards win, he gets a five million dollar payout. He just likes to burn a pile of cash. <laughs> I mean, he could just pay off my student loans if he just wanted to waste money. I mean, I watched the Wizards last night. Like John Wall was really like keeping Houston in that game. The Wizards really, like, defense is optional. It's like watching the Big 12, for Christ's sake. Yeah. All right, let's talk about some J.J. Watt action. Um, as most of yep. you know, the Houston Texans have released J.J. Watt. Um, they're all pro uh, tackle. And essentially, it looks like his most landing spots are going to be somewhere between Green Bay, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Tennessee, and Indianapolis. Uh, reports came out today that... That, uh, that Cleveland might be in the front runner seat to land J.J. Uh, Watt services, which would be kind of insane to see J.J. Watt play with Miles Garrett uh, in that front seven. So, so Puma, I turn the floor over to you, sir. Where do you think he's going to land? I think really, I think it's probably going to be, Cle- for me, Cleveland or, or Buffalo. And I'm not just saying this because, like, hey, like, I, I, I'm down with Buffalo. Like, I don't really fucking care what people think. But I just think, like, that landing spot – for the Bills would make sense. They have to get bigger on the offensive line. That was one of their bigger issues in the playoffs this year was they were on the small side on the defensive line. Um, so that would make sense. Sean McDermott is a defensive-minded coach. He gets the best out of his players. But, no, I'm with you. Like, I think if I had to rank it, I would go Cleveland, mm-hmm. probably Tennessee because of his relationship with Mike Vrabel. Vrabel used to be the defensive coordinator for the Texans many moons ago. But he does have that relationship with um, with Mike Vrabel, and then probably Buffalo in the third spot. But I mean, I was—we all knew that the JJ Watt transaction was going to happen. But I think we all agreed that he was probably going to get traded. Like they're going to want to get an asset for him because they don't have a first-round pick this year. They don't have a second-round pick this year because of the Tunsil trade. 
maybe they could get a second rounder for Watt to at least get back into like you know into the NFL draft uh, this coming season. But no, they they did right by him. They they cut him. They saved seventeen and a half million off the cap, which you know depending on what happens with Watson, you know if you want to try to bridge any gap between him and management and ownership. Uh, re-signing Will Fuller would probably help that cause a little bit. So that frees up some money to bring him in. Um, but, no, I was honestly surprised that they, they just cut him. But, no, I mean, good on Watt. It, you know, this was even before we recorded the podcast, Jay, when he got that massive contract. We both did not agree that he should be paid that much money and tie mm-hmm. up that much salary for a franchise on the defensive side of the football. And not to say that we called it, but we did. Because ever since he signed that massive contract, he's he's been dogged by injuries. He's never really finished the full season. And I, I think this was the one year where he did finish the season and it wasn't J.J. Watt-like numbers. So, I mean, I hope he can go hook on with the team and make a deep playoff run. But I think it's going to be Cleveland, Tennessee, and Buffalo. Yeah. Well, listen, I think first off, um, I was really uh, you know pleased to see that the Houston Texans just released him. Essentially, you know, throwing him a bone because they could have gotten something out of him. I, you know, JJ Watt, I understand, has had his issues the last two or three years with injuries and this and that. But I do believe a third or a fourth round, or definitely a third round, was probably on the board um, for those guys getting back in return for JJ Watt. But they did right by him. They wanted one of their pillars of their organization's history to go out and decide where he wants to go. Now, moving forward, I think it makes too much sense for him to go to Green Bay. Um, I think, you know, those guys are essentially very close in, in, uh, in Green Bay land to go to, to go into the Super Bowl. They were in the NFC Championship this year, game this year. Um, they barely, you know, lost to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. And I feel like, you know, with him being from Wisconsin, it'd be a perfect fit. It'd be one of his best chances to win a Super Bowl. I think a close second is probably Pittsburgh. I, I think there is something to that brotherly relationship because both of his brothers currently play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, you can line him up with the other Watt brother on the defensive line. Uh, I don't think Bud Dupree is going to be coming back, so I think this could be a, a replacement for him. Um, and then finally, I, I think it's probably going to be Cleveland. I mean, uh, that report that came out today from Mary Kay Kbet saying that you know Cleveland is in the front seat, I don't buy it, man. There's something about it that just doesn't feel right to me. It might be just you know Mary Kay uh, the cabbage, as you call her back in Ohio, might be might be, be might be used for getting information out there. Um, but if I had to put it right now, it's probably Green Bay, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland third. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, what do you think? There was there was people out there on on the Twitterverse saying that you know Watt getting released is like a direct correlation to what they're going to do with with Deshaun Watson. Do you buy any stock in that logic, or is that just people reaching way way too far to to try to jump to conclusions on what they want to do? Well, I think people are just reaching way, way too far, man, because Watt and J.J. Watt do not are not in the same sentence when it comes to importance to the Houston Texans. I mean, you got one guy on the hand of Deshaun Watson, uh, who is essentially a 25-year-old young stud that's going to give you 10, 15 more years uh, of elite play at the most pivotal position in sports at quarterback. When on the other end, you got J.J. Watt, who's like 32 going on 33, battered, broken down, made most of his money, had one year left on his contract. Um, you know, there's not really any real money being sent towards J.J. Watt with his contract, all the guaranteed money and the, uh, has been already paid out. So I think in this scenario, they're not comparable. If I had to guess, it's probably just people trying to drum up some sort of storyline. Same. When I started seeing that, uh, you know, people being like, oh, Deshaun's next. Deshaun's next is going to be any day now. And I'm, I'm looking at it I'm like, no, no, it's not. Like, 
Do, do you do you watch even mm-hmm. thirty minutes of Sports Center? Like they're not like they are not going to budge. Like this has no mm-hmm. correlation to what you know, son of a preacher man Jack Easterby is <laughs> going to do, or or the new general manager Casario, or the new head coaches. Like that, this has nothing to do with Watt. They did right by Watt because Watt is the Houston Texans and like, they don't want any, you know, animosity towards him. They don't want, I'm not saying he is going to be a hall of famer. He probably is going to get in the hall of fame at some point, but I mean, you don't want to have that fractured relationship that, you know, um, Calvin Johnson has with the, the Detroit lions. If he goes in or Champ Bailey with the Washington football team, like you want to at least still have some sort of an olive branch between this franchise and a potential Hall of Famer and a game wrecker at the position over the last, you know, 10 years uh, in his career. So this has nothing to do with it. People need to pump their brakes a little bit. And um, I just hope wherever Watt lands, which I think is probably just going to be a one-year contract, I just hope he balls out, is able to stay healthy for the full year and and make a deep run in the playoffs because the guy does deserve it. Do you think that J.J. Watt would come to New England to be uh, coached by the goat coach, as one of our wonderful colleagues says. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't. I'm sorry, but I know you're listening. We're, we're picking on the guy I'm that's sorry. sick in his basement. <laughs> Jesus. All right, I'm gonna have a more tactical approach I'm in kidding. saying this. You don't even have to answer it. It was just more. No, I'm going to answer it. This is gonna be like a few good men. I'll answer it. <laughs> listen, um, listen. I just, I just threw that out there to try to get Virgil. No, but like that. in all seriousness, because when the release came out and like every, like you know, Pat's pulpit. God bless him, and like some of the people that do like the Patriots podcast that you guys check out a little bit. They're all like trying to draw comparisons to any defensive lineman that becomes available in free agency. You saw that with J.J. Watt on Saturday. You saw that with um, uh, uh, the the cat from the from freaking Panthers. Carolina. I I, yep. I I forget his name, but he was just released today. But um, everybody everybody's trying to draw draw the lines to them going to New England. It's like no, like the the rosters that they got released from are better than what New England has right now. Like, they are at the, in the end of their prime on the back nine of their career in some of these cases. Why would you go to a rebuild? Like, if yeah. that was the case, you might as well have been banging the table to stay in Houston or to stay in Carolina and see if you trade up to get the first overall pick and get, um, you know, Trevor Lawrence, if he can do a blockbuster trade. Or maybe if you're Carolina, you pull off a trade to get Deshaun Watson. But no, like, there, there's no reason – there's no – reason why anyone would really want to go up to new england and that's not me just saying that as a as a dolphins fan it's just on paper let's be honest nobody knows who's throwing the football the skill position players are a mess at best because james white's probably going to walk in free agency um sony michelle kind of came on towards the end of the year only because um damien harris was banged up towards the end somebody had to carry the fucking football and nobody knows what Nikhil harry is so like why would anybody bang down the doors and come to foxborough not well, these guys well maybe he wants to be coached by the goat coach oh, aka the barnyard goat <laughs> no no listen no. In all seriousness, man, like a lot of people just throw that out there because it's easy. It's going to get clickbait. It's going to make some buzz. Any single time a, a price free agent or a big guy or a big name comes on the free agent market or the market in general, I feel like the Patriots are always going to be connected just because of who they are and the cachet they bring. Now, yeah. I will say, you know, 
I was always under the belief that people came to New England to ring chase, and it seems like J.J. Watt wants to chase a ring. He made it abundantly clear he does not want to rebuild in Houston. He wants to go to a place that will actually compete and compete immediately. Um, the other part of this being, you know, we all we all laughed, and I know where it's coming from because it's Rex Ryan. But Rex Ryan a few weeks ago on national TV said, you know, essentially people came to New England, players came to New England to play with Tom Brady. Now, of course, ain't wrong. Not, not, to, not to be coached by a coach, Bill Belichick. And a lot of that is true right now. And, and I think a lot of us Patriots fans are going to come to the sad realization in the next like year or so that, you know, it really is hard to attract people to come play in a northern city where they don't pay much at all if you don't have the chance of winning, right? It'd be mm-hmm. one thing if Belichick actually paid a lot of money and got people in the door, but he doesn't do that either. That's not part of his philosophy. So then what else is there? If you're not going to win, if you're not going to make money, you're going to be in the cold. Like, why would you end up going in the England? So that's just... My little spiel on that. Facts. Well, no lies told so far. <laughs> Let's move on to some Carson Wentz news. So, you know, Carson Wentz has been in the news for about, I would say, two weeks now. Um, a lot of stuff came out right around Super Bowl saying that he was going to be traded immediately. However, at the moment, he is still a Philadelphia Eagle. And a lot of it comes down to the Philadelphia Eagles are looking for a Stafford-esque package, which we all laugh at. <laughs> oh my God. When I saw that, when I saw I that know, the right? other day, I, I, I spit my soda out. I'm like, st- <laughs> like, st- like, listen, I know I would like to fend Wentz with like the injuries and whatnot, but like, and I know you could, everyone's going to say, well, Matthew Stafford got hurt. Matthew Stafford would play out there with a broken mm-hmm. leg if he could. Mm-hmm. Like, he was, you know, nothing not to take away from Wentz, but, like, Matthew Stafford is the toughest son of a bitch that I've seen play football in a very long time. So, like, to expect a Stafford-esque haul for, for Carson Wentz is, in my opinion, a bridge way too far. Yeah, and listen, I think you're spot on because I'm in the same boat with you. And I think most of the league is also in the same way of thinking as we think. Because right now, nobody has made that offer to the Philadelphia Eagles. Like, if he was worth it, somebody would have paid it. And the reports are coming out that, you know, they didn't even receive, the, the Philadelphia Eagles haven't even received a first-round offer yet on Carson Wentz. And that's probably why he hasn't been moved. It looks like Indianapolis and Chicago are going to be the preferred landing spots from all the reports that we have out there. Uh, like, you've been on for quite a bit now, and it looks like you're going to be right. It looks like Indianapolis is going to be the spot where he's going to end up at just because Frank Reich and Carson Wentz know each other from their Philadelphia days, um, to much to the chagrin of our buddy Burge. But, you know, it looks like Chris Ballard isn't going to go out there and overpay for getting Carson Wentz. He's not going to be giving that Stafford as package back to Philadelphia. And I think he's playing it smart. I think he's offered a second rounder. And I think that is a good that is a good number for Carson Wentz. Oh, yeah. For what the contract is, what his injury history is. And, you know, let's be honest. And I know that, like, the Bears, I saw a report today. I think you actually sent it to me. The Bears have the better offer on the table. Mm-hmm. But... Wentz would prefer to go to Indianapolis, but he doesn't have a a no-trade clause, so it's really in the hands of the franchise at that point. But, I mean, everybody knows that the Eagles got themselves in this mess. They're going to have to get themselves out of it. There's no sense in rushing to overpay to make sure you get your guy. 
Like the the Colts are in the in the catbird seat. They have a decent first round draft pick. They could potentially trade up in a package to get a, get a quarterback in the first round. Or we've been on this when we've been talking about the Pats offline. There are decent second and third round options in the draft that Frank Wright could potentially work with behind this offensive line. So there is no sense to push the nuclear panic button to try to get Wentz. I, I said it last week. Ballard has to have a cool hand if he wants to make sure that he gets if Wright gets Wentz. Just play a cool hand and just wait for the market to come down. There's no sense in rushing this. And I think if anybody's going to overpay, it's going to be Chicago because uh, the head coach and the general manager's asses are in a sling. I, I honestly don't know how they are still on the staff considering the last couple of years that have gone on in Chicago. They had that one year where, you know, the double doink, where they, they could have made a, a deep playoff run. They had the defense to do it. Mitchell Trubisky was actually playing very good football at that point. And then the, the wheels fell off the bus with Nagy's play calling and, and the general manager just trading draft picks and bringing on Albatross contracts like a, like a, a, a crackhead. Um, so I, I think if anyone's well, going to overpay, it's Chicago. Well, I don't know why Chicago is so hell-bent on getting trying to get Carson Wentz. It's like right. you're making it seem like he's Deshaun Watson, which I could understand if you're hell-bent on getting Deshaun Watson because, well, we all agree Deshaun Watson is way better than Carson Wentz. But from where I sit, and please tell me if I'm wrong, like the fact that Carson Wentz might have a little bit of a higher ceiling than Mitchell Trubisky. However, Trubisky's been out there more consistently than Carson Wentz, right? So I feel right. like that weighs it out. So why wouldn't the Chicago Bears just ride it out with Mitchell Trubisky, right? And I think if I was the owner, and this is where good owners step in, you got to see these things for what they are. You've got to see a GM and a head coach grasping our straws trying to remedy the situation and in turn they might take down your organization with it and i'm taking i'm throwing takedown out there as a very you know liberal term but they're going to make very aggressive moves that aren't in the best interest of the organization you feel me yeah exactly and like you know you also have to look at like their cap numbers i think chicago is kind of in the middle of the pack but wentz's contract is just such a friggin' albatross that somebody's gonna have to take a pay cut in order to absorb that salary cap, either that or or the Eagles are going to have to get crafty and trying to send money the Chicago Bears' way. But, I mean, Khalil Mack is going to have to take a, pro, a possible pay cut in order to absorb this. And, you know, I love me some Khalil Mack, but I really don't think he's going to be in, uh, thrilled about taking a pay cut to get a guy that's been that's played one full season since 2017. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that's a very tough ask for the Bears. And I, I, I saw today on, I think it was first take with Max Kellerman. Um, I think it was Max. He was saying that if, if uh, Wentz goes to Chicago, they're an instant Super Bowl contender. What? And I looked what at that. What is he smoking? Like, Why do we bring this guy's name up? <laughs> like, Jay, it, it was either, I honestly want to say it, it was ESPN or Fox. It was either Colin Cowherd or it was Max Kellerman. But one of those two guys said Wentz is a, makes the Bears a Super Bowl contender. And I looked, I laughed my ass off, and I said, off of what tape from last season can you honestly say he makes them a Super Bowl contender? Mm. There's nothing out there. There's nothing out there. Let me ask you a question. So let's say this deal does go through. Where? Well, first of all, uh, let me ask you about the Philadelphia Eagles moving forward. And then I will get to the Chicago Bears angle of this. So let's say they move on from Carson Wentz um, and they elevate Jalen Hurts into the starting position in QB1. Do they take a quarterback 
in the mock drafts because so far a lot of mock drafts have the Eagles still taking the quarterback for some reason, which I don't understand. They have, you know, Justin Fields going to Philadelphia, but what do you think they do with that number six overall pick at that point? I think I think you're going to have to get either skill position player. Like they definitely need another wide receiver. They priority to me would be offensive line because mm-hmm. everybody on that line is old. Jason Peters got hurt. Lane Johnson had a horrific ankle injury by all accounts last season. Um, that offensive line got old. That used to be the, the hallmark of the Eagles for a couple of years was the offensive line. So I would rank it offensive line and then wide receiver and, and, and go from there. Maybe, maybe a running back in like the third round, but I'm not reaching to take a quarterback when – me taking one in the second round is the reason why mm-hmm. I have to mm-hmm. eat a shit sandwich with my, the Carson Wentz contract. Yeah. Like, to, if if Jeffrey Lurie does that, if he takes a quarterback in the first round, he might like he is no better than Jimmy Haslam in in Cleveland prior to Kevin Stefanski and Eric Berry being named a head coach and general manager respectively, because that is a Jimmy Haslam esque move. Of you know, we just like torpedoed our entire franchise for a little bit this season and through like uh, our fanship uh, in, in a lurch. But no, we're gonna just double down and we're gonna take a quarterback after we basically said we don't believe in Wentz anymore. Here's Jalen Hurts. I, I think they should take Kyle Pitts at that number six spot. I think with the issue with Zach Ertz and the instability at tight end right now. I mm-hmm. think a, a tight end like Kyle Pitts could be that blanket that Jalen Hurts and a young quarterback needs. And I think those two pairing up would be absolute dynamite for the Eagles going forward. But moving to the other side of this, the Chicago Bears, let's say they do acquire Carson Wentz. Where does Mitchell Trubisky end up at, at that point? Because then at that point, I would love for my New England Patriots to kind of jump in and try to see if they can bring in Mitchell Trubisky and salvage him uh, for a few years. I mean, I am not the biggest fan of Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't want him as a Patriot. I mean, if it comes down to it and he's the only, he's the only you know, remedy, then sure, I'll take him. I mean, I am a big fan of Marcus Mariota just because of his athletic ability and his, his, his arm talent and the fact that he's fairly cheap. But I also wouldn't mind taking a look at Mitch Trubisky for quarterback one as well next year. I mean, that would make sense. There's going to be, I think he would be going in as a backup. Um, mm-hmm. I, just because of, we, we all saw the, the, the car wreck that was Cam Newton this season. And we all know the track record of Mitch <laughs> Trubisky with the interceptions. Like, is it really that much? I guess on like the athleticism scale, it's an upgrade. But when it comes to playing the quarterback position, it's a, I think you can call it a wash at best because they're both not precision passers in an offense that is you know, dependent on timing and accuracy and hitting the guy at the right time in the right route, um, unless they're just going to finally wave the white flag and overhaul the offense to something that wasn't for Tom Brady over the last 20 years. Um, I, I, I think that that might be an interesting landing spot for, uh, for Bill Belichick and, uh, and Josh McDaniels. But, I mean, we saw what Josh McDaniels did with Tim Tebow. Like, granted, we can say what we want of Josh McDaniels taking Tim Tebow in, like, the first round as a quarterback. We all know that was a colossal mistake. But he was able to unlock Tebow a little bit with his legs and have him running around the, the field a little bit. Um, so that could work to Mitchell Trubisky's strengths. I was all, I said the last couple of years that Matt Nagy went away to what made Mitchell Trubisky Mitchell Trubisky, which is off-script throws, running, getting the yards, moving the sticks kind of deal. And that's what we saw when the, with the double doink season. So if, if they're able to get back to basics with uh, Trubisky, by all means. But, 
I mean, let's say Wentz goes to Chicago. Who's he throwing the football to? Like, Anthony Miller's been up and down. Allen Robinson's probably going to get uh, franchised and traded. Like, what are, what are we going to do here? David Montgomery's been a, a massive disappointment up until now. Like, that offense is still not going to get fixed by a guy that's been, let's be honest, Mr. Glass the last couple of years. Yeah. What are they picking? They're picking fairly late, right? They're picking at yeah, the Yeah, they playoffs. actually have a first-round draft pick this year. Wow. So who do you think they're uh, they're going to be targeting on offense or on defense? Um, I would say the offensive side mock. of the football. Yeah, let me pull up a mock draft here and look at see see what they got. Um, excellent podcasting right here while we look up stuff, right? And people are just enthralled. <laughs> but I mean, but, it's just like you know, everybody's like trying to draw these conclusions mm-hmm. with the Bears, and it's, it's like I just I. I, I can understand like you want to make a splash for for your fan base. You know you've been you, you've been the laughing stock since the double doink. Everybody's making fun of you guys for passing on Watson and and Mahomes, and you took Trubisky at two when you really didn't fucking need to. Um, you know they 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 have to they have to do something to inject this this fan base. But I, I, as a Wentz defender, I just don't see Wentz as the guy. I just yeah. I I don't I don't buy that logic. I think. They need to draft smarter. Um, do you have where they're picking in the first round? I don't know, but it's uh, it's gone now. But what I wanted to get to real quick was, you know, I've been doing more research and getting ready for some of our off-season podcasts, especially around, um, you know, draft time. And, and I've been doing a lot of homework on the college uh, quarterbacks, especially the top five coming out, and I think I have it all solidified, right? And here's where I stand. I've got Trevor Lawrence as being by far heads above everybody else. He's going to be the best possible quarterback coming out. He's going to be in line, you know, as like Andrew Luck or John Elway, and he's going to be absolutely wonderful for the Jacksonville Jaguars. After that, I the two quarterbacks I want to stay the hell away from is going to be Mac Jones, which I've obviously detailed many times on the podcast. Why? And Zach Wilson, man, like. The guy has some serious red flag issues off the field, man. Like, every report you hear seems to point to that he's not the best leader. On top of that, he's very spoiled. And the one thing that really triggered me was the fact that he doesn't really want to put the work in. I feel like that is going to be the one thing that you can't get over in the NFL. Um, and then the two guys that I think are being kind of, well, Trey Lance, I don't have much information on because he played for one whole season and essentially one game this season, so there's not much tape on him. But the one guy, Justin Fields, and this is obviously, you can call me a homer for saying this, but looking at his tape, man, like, I am starting to get shades of Deshaun Watson when he came out of the draft. There's this narrative now throughout the nation to somehow belittle Justin Fields and who he is and his accomplishments, and I think it's a little bit on the unfair side, and the reason why I bring up Deshaun Watson is because we all remember coming out of the draft, people said a lot of negative things about Deshaun Watson. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but the narrative gets built in, and for some reason, people shy away. He's but not I accurate. Do... I remember that for Watson. You remember that? And I was like, he just won a national championship. I think he completed like over 65% of his passes. Mm-hmm. But sure, he's inaccurate. Okay, I understand, but, Mel Kuyper. But you, saw, Thank but, you. You, but you remember seeing him on the national stage just tearing up, the, uh, the, tearing up Alabama and essentially taking over a national stage. Right? You remember that, right? Oh, yeah, same I watched the thing, 
same thing Justin Fields did just like four weeks ago. He took over a t- he took over a game against the Clemson Tigers where he was injured and he wasn't hundred percent. He still gutted it out and threw some dimes. And people are using two games out of his two-year career against him as a knock. The Indiana game, which fine, I will agree with you. The Indiana game, he did not play good in. And the second game they use against him is that uh, Northwestern game and the Big Ten Championship game. Unfortunately, people don't mention 22 players were on the COVID reserve list uh, for that for that Big Ten Championship game. Like that just seems to be poofed up in the air. His and didn't he jam his hand? Didn't he? He hurt his hand, right? Yeah, he was injured. He twenty-two of his uh, of his players were on the COVID list. You know, there was just a lot going on that week that people are using against him. And he's starting to fall, man. I'm starting to see some drafts, some mock drafts where he's going in the tens, in the elevens, in the twelves. There's even a couple of drafts that has him going to the pitch at fifteen. And if he's there at fifteen, and Bill Belichick passes up on him, oh, I'm gonna lose my shit. Because like at fifteen, you take Justin Fields, and he becomes your starting quarterback in about a year or so when he's ready, and he's gonna give you a good eight to ten years. Mm-hmm. By the That's way, what... Chicago's picking at 20. Chicago's mm-hmm. 20th in the, in the NFL draft. But, no, I'm with you. I mean, at that point, if he falls to 15, he has to be the best player on the board. And if everybody if everybody's at the school of thought of, you're going to take the best player available, then Justin Fields is the pick. Like, there's no, there's no excuse at that point. Just know I said it right now that what happened to Deshaun Watson when he came out of the draft is happening to Justin Fields right now as well. Because yep. we all saw on a national stage what Justin Fields did against um, the Clemson Tigers. I'm sorry, against the Clemson Tigers. Obviously, against Alabama, the whole Ohio State team was outmatched. Even now, I agree to you, we were not on the same level of Alabama, and you can't put that on Justin Fields. But that night against uh, Trevor Lawrence, the the hit that he took and the fact that he came out and still battled showed you toughness, showed you guts, showed you that he can perform. When not everything is 100%. And a lot of these quarterbacks in the NFL want everything to be 100% or else they can't perform at a high level. But Justin Fields is that rare cat that will compete no matter what. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, just wanted to get that out there. It's been bugging me the last few days. People just I'm, taking... I'm, I'm, I'm glad we could have a little therapy <laughs> session for Justin Fields. And you'll hear that a lot. Trust me, they're going to keep referencing the Indiana game and the Northwestern game, the two losses, the two bad games he had this year. And I and I'll I'll be the first one to say that that Indiana game he played bad, but that Northwestern game he didn't have nobody starting for him. Everybody was on COVID. Like it, there's a lot that's behind it. So keep that in mind as draft season comes upon us. Yep, yep. You heard it here first, folks, from yes. our Buckeye insider Jay Chima. We got one last thing to hit on today before we call it a day, and Fucking I will jokes. let I will let Brandon lay this out because I love to hear Brandon defending Tom Brady. So go ahead, sir. It's all you. All right, all right. So we all know that the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had a little boat parade last week. Well, they, be- they all be- had. Before you get to that, the best championship celebration parade I've ever seen. Like, it was absolute pandemonium. I had FOMO just sitting up here in the Northeast looking at those guys on the beach and in the river and on their boats having a great time. I'm thinking to myself, what the fuck am I doing up here? <laughs> yep, freezing our ass off. That's what we're doing. Um, but no, like, they, we, we all saw last week, they had a boat parade, awesome time. Tom Brady, old-ass Tom Brady, shows up in his own little private speedboat yacht type of deal to this thing with, uh, you know, armed security throwing the Lombardi trophy between boats. And we saw Tom Brady shit face, which I, you know, I'm going to say like for the casual fan, like probably helped his, 
not to say like image, but like it did. Like there are mm-hmm. people up until that point where like, you know, fuck Tom Brady. He always just keeps going to the Super Bowls and winning and all, like that whole narrative kind of deal. Like you don't like somebody because they just keep winning a fucking football game. Um, but I think that helped him soften that image a little bit in their eyes. Be like, hey, like Tom Brady's like, you know, like me, like getting shit faced and having to get carried out by, you know, his best bud to the car because he just got totally tanked off of what he called avocado tequila. But <laughs> well, can, I, the, can I make a quick point on that before you move on? I'm sorry to keep cutting you off here. But shut do, up, Jay! But listen, I do believe <laughs> that Tom Brady being away from the Patriots and Bill Belichick. I think also helps his image. Like, do you feel like me that the fact that he's not tied in with all of this helps his image, or is that just me in my mind? I think so because, like, I, I was actively rooting for Tom Brady in the like for me, Jay. Like, mm-hmm. you've known me for a very long time. Like, I've made no bones about the Deflate Gate stuff. I've made no bones about Brady and, and Belichick. But like, just the fact that he isn't in this you know, regimented, you know, air quote, the Patriot way, you know, group thinking, Kool-Aid thinking, you know, he was able to go out there, overcome Bruce Arians at times and overcome Byron Leftwich at times, win a Super Bowl and, and just let loose. Like to me, the only thing I can compare that to is in 2016, it, it's, a, it's a baseball reference, but the Chicago Cubs, they won the World Series that year. But that was also the first year that we saw Alex Rodriguez doing play-by-play and, and, and commentary in uh, for Fox Baseball. You know, pregame, postgame, and like seventh inning stretch. And like that really humanized him. And I couldn't stand Alex Rodriguez as a player. But like after that, it's like, okay, like I'm looking forward to seeing Alex Rodriguez on TV to break down games and like tell some really bad jokes. Like... To me, it softened his image the way that this season softened Tom Brady's. So I, I, I'm definitely with you with that. But there's always one person, Jay. There's always one person out there. Hater. That has to, that has to take offense to anybody having a good time. Mm-hmm. And that one person is the daughter of, I'm not even going to dignify the family name because mm-hmm. of how fucking asinine and stupid sure, this, no this, this take is. She was she was upset at Tom Brady throwing the Lombardi Trophy from his boat to Cameron Brady slash Rob Gronkowski's boat because and I quote me 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 <clears throat> it brings dishonor and disrespect to the Lombardi Trophy. I want an apology for my family as well as the families of the other architects involved with the trophy. Let's get something straight. One, nobody gave a shit a few years ago when Rob Gronkowski <laughs> used the Lombardi Trophy as a baseball bat on opening day at Fenway Park. Everybody laughed their ass off because it was Gronkowski, the knuckle dragger that he is, playing baseball with the Lombardi Trophy. And two, let's just get this elephant out of the room. If the shoe was on the other foot and the Kansas City Chiefs won the fucking Super Bowl and Patrick Mahomes or our guy, Burgess' favorite head coach, Andy Reid, threw that Lombardi trophy from one boat to the Lamar Hunt family boat while he was eating a cheeseburger, everybody would be laughing their goddamn ass off. So everybody needs to just, everybody needs to get out of their damn feelings, accept the fact that, yes, 
Tom Brady won the Super Bowl. Yes, Tom Brady got shit-faced at the Super Bowl parade on his own boat. And yes, he still completed a 25-yard pass to a moving <laughs> object while under the influence of alcohol. He is the greatest of all time. Let's stop raining on the guy's parade because he's having a good time on a boat. I like. I saw that, Jay. I saw that argument from this woman, and I instantly started yelling, Karen, in my basement while I was working uh, the other day. I, I just lost it. I, I, I was seeing red. Th this is 2020, 2021 in a nutshell. Anybody that's having a good time, somebody's got to rain on that goddamn parade, and it drives me fucking bananas. Well, I think one or two things are happening here. And when I saw this story, I just laughed it off and I moved on, didn't give it a second thought. But I think what's happening here is she wants to be part of the story. I feel like essentially she's probably just some sort of loser, doesn't have much going for her in life. And I think this is her moment to kind of jump up and try to be part of the story. Or number two, it's just simple Brady hit. I think it might be a simple Brady hate. She might be somebody that grew up as a Dolphins fan. I think she's from Florida, right? Is that what you mentioned? She's from down there? I think I think I don't even know what state well, she's from. I, I'm not she, even gonna get it. Might just, it might she's just a fucking Martian in my eyes, Jay. It might simply be just be Brady hate. I mean, there's a lot of that happening. People just can't seem to give this guy his due. People will pick at the littlest, dumbest things possible, whether it's the refs or whether it's this or whether it's that or, you know, he didn't play good in the second half of the NFC Championship game. Whatever it is, they're going to grasp at to try to diminish Tom Brady because he is just he's just the best football player of all time. So Come on, a moving object under the influence of alcohol throws it 25 yards and camera break catches it. I thought, it was awesome. I thought it was absolutely awesome. I think that day humanized Tom Brady. I bought a shirt from Barstool Sports that has Tom Brady drunk walking out with uh, Cameron Braid. I'm sorry, not Cameron Braid. What's the backup quarterback's name? Uh, Ryan Griffin. Ryan yep. Griffin holding him, essentially looking like he is uh, plastered on a record out of the 80s. So I got that coming my way. But simply, man, it's either one of two things. She's either a loser and has no life, or she hates Tom Brady. Simply put. Or it could be both. She probably still, she probably thinks the referees fixed the game, too. <laughs> you know, there's still there's still people but, out there. Like, I'm, I'm glad you brought the fact, the whole Patrick Mahomes angle. And I've been saying this for a few weeks now. I, I'm starting to get a little annoyed with just how we're trying to um, lionize um, Patrick Mahomes. Like, I understand his name completely. Did you great. see the way he tied his shoes? He's the greatest of all time. <laughs> exactly. Look at that. Did you see his, his technique and how he got down on one knee and pulled the shoelaces exactly the same way and did the bunny? Like, Jay, like, it's to that level. Like, I it's understand. insane. I understand his incompletions were amazing and we all marvel at them. But, like, people are talking about it. Like, he actually completes those passes. Like, I'm just starting to get really annoyed with... And I think this is just more Brady hate. I just think they want somebody to come along that is going to supplant Brady, and they want to do it as soon as possible. Like, Jay, I'm going to say this about Mahomes, and I didn't say this during the Super Bowl because I was more concerned about making sure my bets hit than trying to poke a bear with Burge. But, like... That there were two there were two instances where he was dead to rights and he just kept backpedaling and he mm -hmm. fell back at least like thirty yards and he was able to get the ball away but you could make an argument that hey the referee swallowed the whistle and that could have been intentional grounding but if any other player a la Josh Allen did that mm -hmm. people would be burying that kid mm -hmm. they would be burying him the entire fucking time but because 
Mahomes makes a few no-look passes, he gets a free pass. And it's just like, it's just, it's starting to get to like where I felt when I was younger with like, you know, just Brady all the time. Brady this, Brady that, Brady this, Brady that. I didn't get through my five stages of of grief with Tom Brady to the point where he's now in the Derek Jeter category where I respect him. Like, it's just, it's become so much of it's Kansas City or Buster. It's Kansas City or Buster. Like, oh, Kansas City is like they're leading the the odds right now in the NFL to, to go back to the Super Bowl. And it's like, I honestly don't think so. Like, I don't think they're, they're the best team in the AFC right now. I think a, a lot, there could be stuff, there could be uh, an argument could be made that the Buffalo Bills have the more complete roster at this point. And like in, in the NFC, I think the Green Bay Packers would like a word. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would like a word at, at repeating and going back to the Super Bowl. So like, it's just instances like that where just the quick reaction of he's simply the greatest of all time because of a few no-look passes and uh, a ladder, you know, a horizontal incomplete pass is just driving the market, and it's just it's just insane. It, it, it brings back to me shades of Aaron Rodgers when he first won his title mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how he was playing football. Well, listen, and I, this is just me, but I think early on in that Super Bowl, before the pressure started getting to him consistently, I think there was opportunities where he was shaky. There was definitely a few passes where all he had to do was step up instead of taking those 17 you know, back pedals to the right if he just stepped up, he could have had a clean pocket throw down the field. I don't think he took it. I think he wanted that deep, deep shot. He kept holding on to the ball, holding on to the ball. He didn't take those easy five-yard dump-offs. And then eventually, in the second half, the floodgates opened where he had to run for his life. But there are times where, in that game, early on, he could have kept a minute if he simply just stepped up. And people just don't want to... I don't know what it is, uh, but it's starting to get very annoying, um, the amount of love and adulation that's being sent. And I think you know this about me very well, Puma. I hate more than anything on the planet premature, premature coronation. If you do something great, then I will be forced to say that. But at the moment, let's not put him in the Tom Brady category because he does not have seven Super Bowl rings. He doesn't have two or three. He only has one at the moment. So let's just chill and, 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 you know, cool out on that. And that's the one of the main reasons why I love Justin Herbert so much because I do think in that division, Justin Herbert is the one quarterback in the division that can maybe try to take away that mantle from him, and that's why I'm hoping he'll turn to somebody great. Mm-hmm. I'll drink to that. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. <clears throat> cool, man. Well, you want to get to anything else before we uh, wrap it up? So because we're now heading into the off season. The, the recording schedule is going to be a little bit in flux, right? We're, what do we think? Like, we're thinking every two weeks? Every two weeks, I think, Depending on breaking good, news. Yeah, yeah. Like, if there's some breaking news next week, we'll jump on and do one. Um, but I think if, you know, if everything happens as we expect it to happen, we should be back every two weeks. Um, we'll probably pick up the frequency around the draft and free agency. Uh, and then we'll go back to uh, every two weeks again before we get back into the full swing of things when the football season comes back around. Sounds good. And next time we record, Jay, you will be back in the Buckeye State. Correct? I will be. I will be back in the Buckeye State. Yes, sir. Oh boy, Columbus, look out! Jay Chima is a coming home. Jay Chima, it's it's a homecoming. <laughs> it's gonna be great. It's gonna be yeah. great. Well, well, we'll definitely be getting boots on the ground updates from uh, you know the Buckeye part of the world over there. So I'll be hanging be... out there on campus. I'll be trying to get the inside information. You know, like hey, we're just yeah, yeah. To? Get get Ryan Day on the pod. It'd be great. <laughs> um, all right, man. We're at fifty eight minutes. 
Wow. All uh, right. Well, a- another record. Let's uh, let's plug well, this I up thought, and get the hell out of here. I thought the fact that we talked about Night of Fiance for 20 minutes and crack as your pre-workout it really helped us. And <laughs> I think so. I mean, I'm going to hashtag the shit out of this on Twitter with like 90 Day Fiance just to get like the listens up. So we got this, Jay. It's going to be Jovi! Great. Jovi! <coughs> and now she's pregnant. And now she's fucking pregnant. <laughs> now she's pregnant. Everybody's getting pregnant on that show. Listen, don't knock. Everybody listen to the pod. If you haven't watched it yet, don't knock it till you try it. Mm-hmm. Trust me. Plus, listen, there's no football on, okay? This is like, coming from something. me. This is coming from me, a person that decided he was going to have his stand against 90 Fiance, right? I was and not going to watch that. I was not going to watch that. I'm not a loser, okay? But, unfortunately, I caved. It is a good yep. show. He caved. It's great. So. so, this episode of the podcast and previous episodes of the pod can be found on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Google Podcast, Stitcher, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts. If you're listening to us on Apple, be sure to leave a five-star review. Leave a comment in the comments section. I don't know how the, the folks out in uh, at Apple figure out the, uh, the algorithm, but the five-star review helps us get, uh, you know, a little bit more viewership and exposure on the uh, the apple store so help a brother out hook us up with a five-star review you can also find us on social media facebook and instagram pro football radio podcast twitter at pfr podcast i'm on the twitter machine brando underscore puma jay chima is at jay chima and our senior contributor senior insider eric burgess aka the Burge is on Twitter at Burge the Goalie. Uh, he is, like we said earlier, he's he's doing all right. He's just super tired, but that hasn't stopped him from giving a shit or going hard in the pain about Adam Jones and how he doesn't think hockey is relevant. Adam Jones is really barking up the wrong tree with Burge, <laughs> but definitely worth the follow. Definitely check him out. It'll also give you some hockey insight on the Twitter machine for his Boston Bruins as well, too. But like, subscribe, download, hit us up. Be sure to follow us on the social media platforms for our upcoming recording schedule. Yep, yep. And uh, like you said, Puma, um, we're wishing Burge a speedy recovery. I'm sure you're back as soon as possible. Uh, hopefully you're doing well, brother man, if you're listening. And uh, one last thing before we go, um, Jovi, <laughs> Jovi, and hang on, wait, wait, wait. I, I gotta give, I gotta give Nostradamus his, his due. Freddie Soliotis, you're fired. But help me win my bets. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys in two weeks. Bye bye. Fire Condios.